any time that you can minimize the number of decisions that someone has to make in that emotionally volatile moment, the better. And that's really what the value in an estate plan is. This is the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast, your place for financial and estate planning tips and so much more to make your future self your biggest fan. He's your host, Robert Ingalls. Hello, Future Self listeners. This is Robert Ingalls, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Future Self Podcast, your resource for weekly doses of inspiring and actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Check back every Friday for fresh episodes designed to make your future self your biggest fan. Over the past couple of weeks, I've gotten a number of questions, so this week we're going to field some of those questions. And if you have any questions that come up over the course of this episode or going forward, just shoot us an email, leave us a comment, and I'll respond to each and every one of those. And with your authorization, I'll use some of the questions on the show. Before we dive in, I want to talk about one of my absolute favorite things, and that's productivity hacks. I'm going to start every show with a tactic that you can implement immediately to multiply your productivity. And today's hack is a simple one. 2x your listening. Whether it's podcasts or audiobooks, click that 2x button on your player to get twice the content in your head in half the time. And this can take some brain training at first, so maybe start around 1.25. But once you get to 2x, regular life is going to start feeling very slow. And I find that I'm actually more productive while I'm listening to a podcast or a book on 2x. I walk faster. I hit my workouts harder. I increase the pace of my life. Uh, So give that hack a try. Come back here and let me know how that worked for you. All right, now we're going to dive right in. The first question of the day is a fun one. Question reads, I had to undergo radiation therapy several years ago, and my wife and I had sperm samples frozen in case we decided to have children. We have not decided yet, but should I make concessions for these beneficiaries, in quotation marks, in my will? And this is a great question. Science always keeps the law interesting. It's always moving forward, uh, usually much faster than the law can keep up. Uh, You can always plan for your afterborn children or children that were born after the execution of your will. Um, But generally, if a man passes away without a will, any child that's born of his wife more than 10 months after his death would not be considered a legal beneficiary, for obvious reasons, I would think. However, children that are genetically yours, but that were conceived after your death, is a trickier situation. But really, the short answer is going to be yes. If you think this situation may ever come up and you'd like to provide for such children, then uh, which I would assume that most people would, then I would recommend adding language to your estate plan to cover these potential beneficiaries. I think as long as you add that language and it's clear and concise, you're not going to have any problems in that department. Question number two has to deal with passwords. Most of my financial and personal life is stored on websites. How do I plan for that? Should I give someone my passwords now just in case? And that's an issue we kind of touched on in in episode one. We discussed what happens to your social media accounts when you pass away. Well, while our digital lives are relatively young, this issue is becoming increasingly more important as more of our lives are transferred to the cloud. But regarding passwords specifically, I generally recommend leaving passwords and user info either in uh, perhaps a safe deposit box. However, that brings up other issues as well. If you pass away with a safe deposit box, a couple of steps have to be taken to access that. Um, 
Number two, you could use a lawyer if a lawyer is willing and able to store that information. You can check with them. Uh, you can also use an encrypted file stored in the cloud. That way, it, only one password is going to be needed to access the rest of the information when that time comes. However, you want to be very careful with that password because it's going to be the key to all of your information. Ultimately, I'm going to devote an entire episode to this topic at some point, so stay tuned looking for that one. Question number three. And this question comes from a woman whose daughter passed away about six months ago. And since then, her mother has gained access to her sister's Facebook account. And at first, her mother was just posting memories to the page. Uh, Then she started commenting on posts from the page, reading her daughter's private messages, and in some cases, responding to messages from people that she thought had perhaps been mean to her daughter. Now, the person asking the question didn't have any idea that this was going on until she received a phone call from her sister's roommate detailing one such message. Uh, So the real question here was, is there anything I can do? And the answer is yes. If you look at Facebook's terms and policies, the accessing someone's account that is not yours and that you have not been given specific permission to is against their policy. So all you have to do if you know this is happening is send an email to Facebook, send them a message, let them know what's going on, and they will immediately restrict access to that account. If you're interested in hearing a little bit more about social media accounts and how you can make decisions today, how you want those things handled in the event of your incapacity or if you pass away, uh, you can check out episode one for a lot more information about that. So question number four, and this is kind of a big question. What are the biggest mistakes to watch out for when I'm estate planning? And this answer is going to be by no means a comprehensive answer, but I'll attack some of the biggest ones that I see. And number one, that I see is not having a will at all, failing to do any estate planning whatsoever. And what some people don't always realize is if you don't have a will, you have a will. And that's a will that North Carolina wrote for you. And you can find that in chapter 28A of the North Carolina General Statutes. And that is some lovely light reading for your weekend if you want to check that out. Another issue that comes up a lot is people that make their will themselves. And in some situations, I'm sure that that's fine. Uh, I wrote my will. But full disclosure, I am an attorney, so I may be a little more capable of uh, putting my own will together than maybe your average person. But you see a lot of problems come up in the do-it-yourself wills. They think, well, I know what I have, and I know who I want to have it. But the problem that we see frequently is the use of language. And you may think that you're being very specific, but at the end of the day, when we're standing, you know, when your children are standing at a will reading, some of that language can appear a bit more ambiguous than you may have initially thought. Now, obviously, sometimes that interpretation is based on what's most beneficial to the listener in that situation. But if you sit down with an attorney, really 30 or 45 minutes can kind of solve that problem. They know how to use that unambiguous language that's going to get your point across and ensure that your wishes that you have today are actually going to be the wishes that are carried out later. And there's a number of situations that people frequently don't think about. And that's a really good thing to sit down with an attorney and talk about. They'll ask you the questions that are going to raise up issues that you may not have otherwise considered and someone passes away, it can be a very volatile situation. And the less problems in that moment, the better. And that's really what the value in an estate plan is, is planning for those moments. 
Another large problem is failing to plan and leaving large sums of money to minor children or to immature children. And when you have minor children when you pass away, there's going to be a guardian. And that guardian is going to need to be compensated at least to take care of the children, to care for the children. And an issue that you sometimes will see is even the most well-intentioned guardian initially can start to become, start to feel very entitled, especially when they're perhaps dealing with your teenagers that are starting to be a huge pain in their ass. Or, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 year old is getting a large sum of money. And that can cause a lot of problems. I know some people out there probably would have handled a large sum of money very well at 18 or 19 years old and invested it wisely and gone on to do great things in their life. However, uh, I don't think that's generally always going to be the case. I know that it would have been pretty devastating to my future self if I'd have inherited a sum of money like that at that young of an age. And that is where a revocable living trust comes in very handy. It helps you plan for your children's future even if you're not there to actually do it. Uh, So that's a very uh, powerful tool that a lot of parents are using these days. Another big thing that we see happen more frequently than you would think is failing to fund a trust. And that's a big one. And you hear it. You hear this phrase a lot. An unfunded trust isn't worth the paper that it's written on. And that really is true. You spend all this time coming up with this marvelous trust that will do all of the things that you want it to do. It will provide for your family. It will provide for your legacy. And and then you fail to fund it. And now it's worthless. You forgot to retitle those assets. You forgot to move your funds into that trust. And now it does nothing for you. So that's a big thing to remember when you're putting a trust together is make sure you fund that trust. Another problem that we see come up, a mistake that people make, is assuming that their loved ones are going to do the right thing. And that is, and and perhaps they will. I don't want to assume that anyone's family member wouldn't behave the way that they wanted them to. But again, that goes back to a volatile situation. And any time that you can minimize the number of decisions that someone has to make in that emotionally volatile moment, the better. Really, even the most harmonious families can have conflict in those moments. And if you have a well-written estate plan, there are going to be very few decisions that are going to have to be made. Another mistake I see, and this one is very close to my heart, is failing to plan for pets. We actually got a comment from a listener a few weeks ago. His mother had passed away, and the dog had gone to the shelter, and he didn't realize that at the time because there was no one that was able to care for the animal and the dog went to the shelter and he found out at the last second and he was able to drive from a couple states away and pick up his mother's uh, mother's dog but he was really concerned and and you know he obviously knows that if you know a couple more days and that wouldn't have been a possibility so one of the things that I discuss with anyone who owns pets is setting up a pet care trust and it's a very simple process to do and it doesn't require a, a considerable amount of money. So for anyone who is considering planning for their, you know, their furry four-legged friends, uh, feel free to shoot us a question about that. I love talking to people about that because it is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I have three non-humans living in my house right now that uh, we we all have plans for. 
That wraps up our questions for the week, and this is the point in the show where we would usually move to the Future Self Skinny Minute, which is a semi-rapid-fire Q&A that is very unlikely to ever actually be done in under a minute. But since we don't have a guest today, this will be a little getting-to-know-your-host. Oh, lucky you! All right, question number one for your host. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? That's a very good question. Start. Just start. Do something. Do anything. And this bit of wisdom comes from Jessica Jackley. She's a co-founder of Kiva, and that's an organization that allows everyday people to provide micro-loans to business people who want to start businesses in impoverished countries, things like that. And it's not charity. It's not giving the money away. It's a, it's a loan. It's a micro loan. And I think last time I checked, I think they had about a 98% repayment rate, which is impressive. So, uh, but I listened to her and I think I heard this quote on Inside Quest uh, when she was being interviewed. And she really did. She said, just just start, just do something, move forward. And that really is beautiful in its simplicity. And it really resonated with me because one of the problems I had is I was always kind of afraid. I never got started because I was worried that my idea wasn't a good enough idea. I hadn't vetted the idea enough. It wasn't the right idea. It wasn't the right time. Usually, I'd heard someone say something you know, negative about the idea, and then I kind of got up in my own head, and I was concerned that maybe it wasn't a good idea. What if I was going to fail at that idea? And it's really restraining negative thoughts, and, and that is, it holds people back. But really, it really is simple. Just start. Do something. Figure out what you want to do. Where do you want to be? And just start moving toward that. And are you, is it possible that you're going to fail? Absolutely. But when you're moving towards your goal, every step you take, even if you fail at something, you're learning something along the way because you're headed towards a goal. So you're going to learn, how can I do it next time? How can I do it better? And it's not going to be wasted. So that's just, it really is the best advice I've had in a long time. I got a lot of great advice from my parents that got me very far in life. But uh, in the, in the last couple years, that's been some of the best advice that really resonated with me. So, what is your favorite book? And because I can't even follow my own rules, I'm going to give a couple. I already discussed a very recent favorite of mine, and that's called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And you can find that in episode zero, and there's a link to that as well in that blog post. But today, I'll do one fiction and one educational. For the fiction one, it's a book called A Dog's Purpose, and it's a phenomenal book by an author named Bruce Cameron. The entire book is told from the dog's perspective. It's a very unique take, and and I highly recommend that. I will put that in the show notes, and you can click in there to buy the book. Any of the links that you're going to find in there are going to be affiliate links. That means any purchase you make after following that link uh, is going. We're going to get a portion of that for the show. That's how we uh, keep moving, stay up and running. Another book on the educational front is called The Obstacle is the Way, and that's by Ryan Holiday. And this book is really worth every moment of your time. Ryan Holiday has a very unique writing style, and he draws on ancient Stoic principles in this modern guide for turning obstacles into opportunities. It really is an exceptional book, and I recommend you read it. I've already read it twice. Next question is, what's one piece of advice you would have given 13-year-old Robert Ingalls? 
I would tell him to hang in there. It, it's going to get so much better. Just keep moving forward. Because that really was a tough moment in his life, uh, and things could have gone a very different way. I also might show him a picture of the girl that he gets to marry. I guarantee you that would set his pudgy, awkward ass on fire. That is going to wrap up our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back here next Friday with another Future Self Podcast interview with attorney Nathan Workman. And I could not be more excited about that interview. He's a brilliant attorney. This guy has been a friend and mentor of mine for years. If you're looking to take your life from where it is to where you want it to be, then you do not want to miss hearing what Nathan has to say. So until next time, my friends, remember, every decision you make has lifelong consequences. So make the decisions today that are going to make your future self your biggest fan. You've been listening to the Future Self Estate Planning Podcast. If you're serious about planning for the future, then we have exactly what you need. Check out our website at www.ingleslawfirm.com for more actionable estate planning content and grab your free copy of our ebook. Six things you need to know before making a will or living trust. Thanks for listening. Now, get out there and give your future self something to cheer about. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat and Pinterest at Ingles Law.